Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Good evening and welcome to the Gallant Few uh, Rangers podcast. Um, this is the weekly English Premier League roundup, um, usually hosted by um, the lovely Mason. Um, however, Mason is otherwise engaged this evening. So I'm stepping in um, to help cover this evening. My name is Jamie Royals um, and you should be used to me by now. So uh, no problems there. I do have two guests with me. Um, we do have uh, the, ever, the ever wonderful Colin. Colin, how's your, how's your week been? It's been very good, Jamie. Um, aye, uh, it's been an eventful weekend in football up uh, both sides of the border as well. But um, I've been looking forward to this. There's been a lot of big results. And for the first time ever, I've actually got a wee notepad with some ramblings. <laughs> so I won't be watching match of the day as we record. Um, I've actually watched the games beforehand. Good man, good man. Um, and uh, we do actually have a, a new guest with us this evening. Um, we've been keen to kind of include more people. Um, and there's a good friend of mine, I, I value his opinion when it comes to English football. Um, and that's uh, the lovely Jonathan Meeks, also known as Meeksy. Meeks, how have you been, mate? I'm good, mate. Thank you. Uh, thanks for having me. It's nice to be here. Looking forward to it. Good. You've obviously been a you, you you've been keen on listening to the podcast since since I kind of joined, um, and you always like to give a bit of a, a bit of commentary in the comments itself. So it's always good to to kind of get you with a headset on, and we can actually pinpoint you to a chair and kind of get you involved. So uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, you're going to pull me up for something I said, haven't you? You've got no, something lined up. Absolutely not. I wouldn't do that okay. one bit. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying, it's good to have more people on. So. Um, Good. Um, no, Colin, thank you. Yeah, no, good. All good. Um, Colin, you did hit the nail on the head. It's been an absolute crazy week again. Um, if it wasn't for VAR decisions, it's actually probably more based on the results this week. And I don't think we can start anywhere apart from um, the the first team that's been confirmed as relegated, and that's Southampton. Um, they had an absolute mare of a game at the weekend, um, and they lost to Fulham. Um, did you manage to get to see that one, Colin? What's your thoughts? 
Aye, it was very um, typical of Southampton, particularly since uh, the turn of the World Cup. They have just been so poor, aren't they? And um, I think probably my only big criticism of them is uh, they've they, they got a result a couple of weeks ago and they held on longer than they should have. This should have just been done and dusted a long mm-hmm. time ago. Um, the, the goals, Jamie, I guess just it, it wasn't a... I don't really know how to describe it. You could tell they had really checked out, you know. Uh, the defender was just really weak. Um, that first goal was a bit of a calamity one month, uh, the, the, the slide and the ricochet. I know, and it's just like a calamity of errors, and it's just, nobody really has that oomph for get up and go. And for the second goal as well, like Mitrovic, he's very good at these kind of goals, but mm-hmm. he, he wasn't put under too much pressure. And I just thought that was Southampton very weak throughout the game and just kind of petered away into the championship. Yeah. Johnny, um, obviously the, the result speaks for itself. Is it is it a surprise that Southampton the first team to go? Um, you know, obviously we've been watching them quite a lot this season. I think in general it is. You know, they're quite a big club. Um, they've been in the top flight for quite a while now. Uh, but this season, they've just been absolutely abysmal. Um, mm-hmm. I was looking at it earlier, we're talking, I don't remember the tally, but the point tally was absolutely ridiculous. I mean, it was just, you know, it reeked the relegation fodder. Um, I, I watched the game as well. Uh, and I just, even the fans, there was place was full empty seats and it's usually absolutely crammed. I think the whole place is just throwing a towel. Mm-hmm. I think the biggest worry is how they're going to be down there because the championship yeah. is it's no easy walk for any of them. And I'm right in thinking the last time they went down, they went down a couple of divisions, didn't they? It took them a while yeah, to they, get back they, up. Yeah, they spiralled. They spiralled. Yeah. I think it all depends on what they invest. Plus, you're going to see a player exodus as well. Your word prowess and that chances mm-hmm. they're going to be gone. It was funny. I seen a graphic um, this morning and it probably sums Southampton up and Maitland Niles, um, who signed for Southampton this season. Two seasons ago, he was relegated with West Brom. Last season, he won the Europa League with Roma. And then this season, he's relegated with Southampton. Like, you couldn't get a more contrasting CV, really, could you? No, I mean, that's that's bad. Um, <laughs> that is bad. I mean, there's, there's a lot of big players there that have just completely failed. They've never turned up for season long. And it is, it's poor, but... I was looking at another thing I looked at was Hassan Hutl. Mm-hmm. Um, he's actually got a better record of what they brought in, both managers. His total is better than the pair together. So I think there's reading in that somewhere as well. I think they maybe jumped the gun just that wee bit too quick. Colin, I think we did say that, didn't we, when that was all happening? It was not necessarily the surprise that he was going, but more of they didn't really bring anybody in to better him. No, and I think... Uh, I think we rem- I remember talking or remember raising the point at least that it was quite surprising because you don't really see Southampton over the last maybe five, six years as being this knee jerk reaction club. I mm-hmm. think they've been very, very well run and that probably is um the probably the a, a wee bit of a sadness to it, um, that this era's come to an end. Obviously they've had a very good transfer model, they've um, bought cheap so ties, some big mm-hmm. names like Wanyama and Van Dijk, obviously. Um, and they have really been punching above their weight. And getting rid of Hazen Hootle, it did really seem un Southampton like it. If, if you like it, I think they do. They, they have tended to give the managers the benefit of the doubt, but they've they need to pay the paper for it now, didn't they? Yeah. 
Um, and that probably brings us on to the next game. So the next game I'll go to is the next team in trouble, probably Leicester. They played last night um, against a resurgent Liverpool. Um, Colin, did you did you manage to catch that one? What was your thoughts on that? It was a bit of a damn squib for Leicester. It was a really poor result. Aye, just, just the highlights. And, um, aye, Leicester, they are they're in trouble, aren't they? It's, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't it help going to Anfield when you're um, 19th in Liverpool then decide to have one of their good days as well, and particularly Mo Salah. He was tremendous. But no, Leicester, they just really couldn't get going at all. Um, it's... It's going to be tough for them. I'm pretty sure they're playing the teams around them um, over the next... Um, aye, they've got, well, Newcastle away, sorry, and then West Ham at home. At that last game at, at West Ham is going to be a belter. I think both of them are still going to be in the dogfight. Might have a chance of staying up, but I don't see it looking good for Leicester. Johnny, what one win in the last 14 games is it's nowhere near good enough, is it? No, same again. I looked at that today. Um, I was I knew it was bad, but I never realised it was that yeah. bad. Um, yeah, another team who have been really poor. I, I flagged it a bit, probably a couple of months ago mm-hmm. that they were in trouble. Um, I don't think they're recovering for that. I don't see it happening. Um, the, the only saving grace they might get is West Ham on the last game if they're still, you know, in and around Europe that we seen them at the weekend that were poor. Mm-hmm. They might that might give them a chance, but just not good enough. And it's another team that if they, if they drop, they're in serious trouble because every big name there is going to go. Yeah, I think I said the other day. I think they've got seven players out first seven first team players out of contract this this summer, um, yeah. which is frightening for that quality of a team. Um, I, th- I seen it today as well. It was two years to go today that they won the FA Cup. Now you think about their last few years, they've won the Premier League, won the FA Cup, and they're about to be relegated by the looks of it. That's some contrast, isn't that, in terms of form and favour and whatever. Um, do we think it was? Do we think it was holding on to Brendan Rodgers too long, or do we think it's this one's down to the players, like just you know not doing it for the manager? Colin, what do you think, man? I actually had this down as a um, as a point I wanted to raise because Dean Smith is getting um, slaughtered and and for certain forums and media. Um, I think Brendan Rodgers, the two managers, has to take more of the blame. Rodgers left them, what, 18th? Um, 18th, I think he was in the relegation zone, uh, or just yeah. above. Um, I, I think Rodgers checked out. I said this in one of the first pods that um, we done. Like, I, I don't know, I don't know, check out work his ticket, but he didn't, didn't look as if he had the desire and motivation to get the tune out of the players. And I don't think he could really just inspire himself to, I don't know, to lift it another level. And I mean, we've all been in jobs uh, when we've had to do that. But um, I think this was really evident. I think he has to carry the can. Um, And your question there, Jamie, do they pay the price for no addressing that sooner? Then I I think so. I think if we start to see these signs in January when they, they... start to slip and I know I'm going to sound like such a hypocrite here because I always moan that <laughs> English Premier League teams get rid of their managers too quickly but I think you could the writing was on the wall for this going that way yeah I think I think I remember there was an incident last year where I think they exited one of the cups and he actually publicly named a couple of the players and said that they weren't doing it for him that's classic Brendan Rodgers for me in terms of losing the dressing room and it's probably never got that back and 
there was a rumour at the beginning of the season that they couldn't afford to sack him because of the financial fair play issues that they had. Um, yeah. But Johnny, kind of going back to what they said, they, they, they're, they're losing a shit ton of players. Madison's going to be the standout name. There's talkies off to Newcastle. Telemans. I mean, I was absolutely shocked last night at how poor Telemans was. Like, some of these boys weren't even running, in my opinion. Um, yeah. And I, I was listening to something this morning, and, was, and, and it was a fan who was phoning in, and he said... He spoke, said to his wife, "See when you go doing when you go in at two 0 down. It, what does Dean Smith to say to the players? Like half of them aren't even going to be there in two weeks' time. How would you get them motivated? Yeah. And it was probably evident because they never came at the second half either. Really, I, I don't think he can. I think uh, the players will probably accept it. That's what's going to happen. And um, they're probably thinking about those moves already. And agents mm-hmm. are probably, you know, making ground into getting those moves for them." Um, I mean, you've called it with Rodgers before, uh, mm-hmm. and I agree. I think they dragged their heels with it, but there was something else going on there. Where obviously you said financial fair play was part of it, but I don't know if there was a bad relationship. But I mean, they couldn't invest. They sold players. Uh, it was, I think, it was on the cards. Nearly, yeah. I think it was on the cards for uh, pretty early in the season. But yeah, yeah, they are going to be in trouble, definitely. I don't think I don't see them coming straight back up. And my favourite subject, and I'm not going to lead this conversation, is obviously the other side of the coin. Liverpool got to mention the run they're on at the moment. They kind of left it late in the season, but they're kind of doing the good stuff again, Colin, aren't they? Which is what what everybody likes to see from them. Five five wins on the trot, um, but at least there may be more than that. Um, just looking at the the lead table there, it's it's not just the manner. They, it, no, it's not just the wins itself. It's the manner in them. It's very Klopp-esque again, isn't it? And that that they're buying up for that aggressive, like aggressive on and off the ball. They're starting to hunt in packs again. Um, Mo Salah was I thought he had a great game. He also got man of the match on Monday, um, and they, they looked very. Very clinical, and I think Liverpool are always at their best. And you, you'll know this better than me, Jamie. Yeah. When they get goals for you all over the pitch, mm-hmm. um, or at least threats for you all over the pitch, and it's not just relying on that front three. Obviously, Salah was involved in everything, but Curtis Jones put him up with two, and then, um, and then Trent again. Um, it's that's when Liverpool are at their best when when teams don't know what what path to defend most. Do they go? Do they block uh, the passages through the middle? Do they sh- shuffle out wide? Do they stop the crosses? Mm-hmm. Um, Liverpool are their best to do have it all. What they've struggled with is just consistency and depth, and that's it'll be interesting to see. Do they do they take this momentum in the next season? Mm-hmm. Um, seven on the trot that was last night. Um, seven wins in a row. Wow. Um, so yeah, they, they definitely turn around. Johnny, for you. How pivotal to this is the? There's been a lot of talk about obviously Trent's new role. Are you buying into it? Do you see it? Do you, do you like it? Do you not like it? I personally, uh, I like it up until the point he has to try and defend and run back to his right back position. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. when you when you stick a when you stick a Man City up and you think he can't really stay in the middle of the park there, can he? Really, he's got to do a bit of defending. I think if they've got to let them do that, they, they have to have cover. You know, yep. somebody step in and every time. But uh, there has been a difference. And I think most people, maybe not so much Liverpool fans, um, but most people out with that said that for a long time that he mm-hmm. was suited a bit further up the pitch. Uh, he, he can pick a pass. He can strike defending is where the question mark is. 
But last night he was he was much better. He was tracking mm-hmm. back. He tracked back quite a few times. Um, yeah, I like him there. I like him there. I think I think they're, they're better with him in that position than keeping him stale at the back. Yeah. I, I I think I said before, Jimmy. I really like um, that role for for Trent. And mm-hmm. again, like MD. MD Bond before 1990, Will Curl, when I say that a, a full-backs role isn't, isn't primarily to defend nowadays, and I think Liverpool do really embrace that. If Liverpool can go and get somebody like, in the mould of Rodri, like, and like that kind of um, that energetic uh, number number six who can cover like, probably both sides of fullback, um, just somebody who can sweep up and protect the defence a wee bit more. I think that's key to getting the best out of Trent because I, I don't really know if um, if like the likes of Henderson or Fabinho or you know, they can do that role, but not themselves. You know, see that kind of mm-hmm. one man sweeper of the midfield that will do wonders for Trent. Yeah, I think I think this last month he's he's got four assists and a goal um, in these seven wins. Arguably one of the players of the players of the month, um, but still some people would like you know kind of give him a lot of shit. And I think it's a, sometimes it's unjust. You kind of forget how young he actually is and everything he's won. You know he's pretty much won everything from a club perspective, um, and he's what twenty three years old. So. Um, he's got plenty of football left in him, and I think I do think the natural progression is to move him into the midfield. Um, the, the, the Stevie, Stevie Gerrard's mould, if you like, he started in the defence, moved his way to uh, midfield, and then became a more of a link-up man. So um, I do believe he's got a big future and a big summer ahead of us. Um, the you know the, arguably the fixture of the weekend was uh, Sunday's Arsenal Brighton. Um, you know. Probably one of the best performances I've seen from Brighton in a long time, if I'm honest. Was it more about Brighton or was it more about Arsenal losing three points, Colin? The headline's going to be about Arsenal, um, just because of the season they've had. Mm-hmm. But um, but on the day, it has to be Brighton. This, I think, is really unfair on Brighton when we talk about Arsenal capitulating. I think that has to be the conversation of their season, but I think they were just beaten by a better team on mm. on the day. And you know, I think Arsenal looked quite bright to begin with, and they didn't take their chances, but it's just Brighton, um, they... they they had a bit of clinicalness um, that they've no really had um, throughout the full season. I think um, where some teams will take two or three chances, sometimes they are quite wasteful, but they do create a lot, so that helps them. But I thought they, uh, I know, I thought they looked dangerous every time they move forward. Um, it's credit should absolutely go to them for for the weekend. Johnny, did you buy into some of the comments that I've seen from the main media? Is that Arsenal froze because of the seen the the city scoreline before it. You know there was that there was that there was that talk that if Everton turned up and we'll, you know we'll come onto it because City won. Did that then get in the way of Arsenal's thoughts, or did, were they just blown away by the better team? It shouldn't get in their thoughts, um, even if they did see the result, um, because regardless, it would still was a must win. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, yeah, I think it would be a disservice to, to Brighton, who were just excellent. I think Arsenal started well. Um, they, they looked okay, and then Brighton just took over. Uh, they've got so many talented players, and I was kind of trying to pay attention to what Zebra was doing. He had Matoma on the right, 
and he wasn't getting any change whatsoever. So he switched over to the left against uh, Ben White, and he mm. absolutely ruined them. And then he made a sub. His first sub was to bring uh, Welwick, yep. bring Welwick on, and he hooked <laughs> Gilmore. So he hooked the hold in mid and brought on a forward. I was like, it's just so bold, but it's going for yeah, it. yeah. It was surprising because obviously the week before they were rotten. So. And, and yeah, and that's the thing, you, you, we kind of forget that everything stuffed them last week. You know, yeah. it's, it's, it's absolutely crazy. Um, but Colin, is there something in this? You know, you both have said it that, you know, Arsenal started well and then they faded away. We could probably say that's been every game since the Liverpool game. They started brilliant for the last first 20 minutes. They go two up, it gets pulled back. It then happened again the next week against, um, I think it was West Ham, wasn't it? That's it's that that's probably lost in the title. You know, it's still mathematically possible, but, you know, I don't think anybody's kidding themselves on. It's that that's probably lost in the title, isn't it? Uh, well, I, I'd argue it probably go, the writing on the wall is going back to, what, maybe about February. Um, when probably around about just after the, the Man City game. And if you remember, they, was it, they were they were two one down to Villa and they had to mm-hmm. come back um, and then they got not do it against Bournemouth against, for the week after I, or something. A, a late goal against Leicester and then Bournemouth after that. Um, and we said at the time, will these be the sliding doors moments? Mm-hmm. We won't know if the end of the season. But at that point, Arsenal really did have to take inspiration that they're still in the in the title race and actually lift a level but I've not really seen them do that and they have just been really they've no really blown you away like they did um towards the the end of the, the year. Um they have been they have been good but they've no blown you away like Man City have and we always knew Man City were going to lift a gear. So I think um the the Liverpool game was just a saw that broke a camel's back and I thought it was coming for a long time. Johnny, how impressed are you? You mentioned it already, the Zerbi. Like, the tune he's getting out of some of these players. Like, I mean, I know Graham Paul, uh, Graham, um, you know, was getting out, getting Potter was getting out of the tune out of them already. But the Zerbi's kind of taking it to the next level, isn't he? And I'm talking about, you know, the ballsy move by him. Do you remember he dropped Casado because of the whole transfer talk? He literally didn't mm-hmm. just drop him. Like, he kicked him out of the team for a couple of weeks. Um, he's getting... He's getting performances out of some of these players that you just wouldn't expect. Casado's been brilliant the last few weeks. Estupian, another one. The the young lad up front, and um, is it Evan Ferguson and the lad that scored at the weekends and CCO, just another one that's just kind of come out of the woodwork, really. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the team on paper um, earlier in the season, you you wouldn't really be blown away by what you're seeing, uh, but on the pitch, he's got them playing at just this incredibly high level, and Casido's absolutely excellent. Yeah. Uh, Casado as well, Estupian, all fantastic. Uh, the, he definitely has something. Um, I mean, I think the proof will be in the pudding if they can roll into that next season. Uh, I think they're going to. There's going to be a lot of interest in that squad because I mean they are a selling club. So yeah, and I think I think Deserby's comments after the game pretty much labelled that, didn't he? I think he said something like, you know, he wouldn't expect to have uh, all of his stars there next year, and he actually named uh, McAllister and Casado as potentials. As a as a high level manager, you don't say those things unless something's happening in the background, really, do you? Um, so Brighton's definitely one to watch, but I think I, you know, just like you two, I thought they were excellent at the weekend. They really did. Um, 
we we did we touched on it quite least uh, quite uh, loosely in terms of the city game before it, um, but it was a big game for two different reasons. Um, one was Everton were looking to try and secure their survival in the Premiership by getting any kind of point, um, and City, you know, they were basically trying to fend off the chasing pack of Arsenal and make sure they're getting three points now. And a lot of people, Colin, before this week, earmarked this week as the game that City could potentially slip up in, the game sandwiched between the two Champions League matches. Didn't really pan out like that, did it? Nah, and I've been hoping for um, the get-going this show that I, I was hoping for an Arsenal, Arsenal um, title victory this year. Um, and I was looking at that, do, do City put all their eggs in the in the Champions League basket? But even though they made four changes and it's, it's still the depth they've got in that squad is, is unreal. Having said that, I thought, um, I thought Heaven actually started not too bad. Um, they, I know we were waiting at that link. Um, one of the Everton uh, streamers doing a, a live stream and he chucked it off, spat the dummy. He's like, I'm not watching this. Um, <laughs> but I, I don't think that was very, like, Man City going to turn up, but it, it wasn't on on course for an absolute 6-7-0. Um, I thought Everton were doing quite well. There's, they, they forced Man City in a couple of, um, in a couple of uh, mistakes and it's... I think we said this at the beginning in Sean Deitch's reign. That's it's what he's got to try and do. The the counter attack, uh, mm. the, the quick break forward, the uh, Nathan Patterson um at full back, he he's very good at getting that going. Um and Calvert Lewin being back, he's uh you know, adds a wee bit more energy and I thought Everton were probably unlucky not to, you know, in a better day than maybe take one of the chances. But if you don't take your chances early against Man City, then they're always got to punish you. Johnny, I know one of these is one of your favourite subjects, right? so I'm going to give you the, the chance. Yeti Mina, how much shit we can he get away with? And, it, I, I, and the reason why I call it out is I actually probably put Everton at a disadvantage because he was obviously sent on to try and ruffle Haaland, and yeah. he didn't. He ended up getting fucked over himself, and it was everybody else but Haaland that was scoring the goals. It's like all that focus wasn't, wasn't across the team as opposed to what you would expect it to be. Yeah, he's a bit of a parody, isn't he? Uh, <laughs> it's it's funny. Uh, there's been a few times where they've actually complained about other teams with shithousery, and they are <laughs> the absolute worst for it. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's 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 not the best. But look, City are a different level. Uh, yeah. Like Colin said, uh, Gund- uh, Gundogan was uh, the goal for Gundogan was just something else. Just that wee moment of quality. Actually, at the time, Everton they had the ascendancy. They were they started well. The press was high. They were forcing mistakes, but then that's all it needs. That wee flash, and then the game is straight on its head. Uh, yeah, I think they're probably done. And Yeri Mina will be going with them. I'm clenching my fist and hope there. However, I will try and play it out. They play it. They play Wolves this week. So. If they were ever going to get any points, it was going to be from the last two games, in my opinion. And I think they play Wolves this weekend. And I think, is it, um, who's on the last days? I think, is it, is it Bournemouth or something? I think they've got. So um, they're still within it. However, the one thing that, that came out of that game is that Calvert Lewin went off injured again. And he's now in a mad rush to try and be fit for this weekend. And we know how well they play without a striker, Colin. Uh, yeah. One, one, they'll spin dice ball. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know, man. Like, I, I generally, 
I, I was surprised that they've they've no brought him down in January. I think I said that. Like, I did half expect like Andy Carroll or or someday moving <laughs> <laughs> over for for Sean Dyche and just play like big guy wee guy up front. Um, I, even if he does come back. I think Everton need to be pushing games for, for 90 minutes and I don't really see Calvert-Lewin being able to play um, and beyond 60 minutes um, the next couple of games if he is fit and ready for it I, I think they're going to struggle with that because Everton's games are if they do get in they've got to go to the wire I'm looking at that mm-hmm. Wolves and Bournemouth mm-hmm. I don't see it likely Everton going 2-3-0 up very quickly I haven't said that they did just strut definitely the outlier um, absolute curtain buster that one but I, I think and I don't see Deitch being able to adapt to go and take the game to uh, these teams the next two games and actually go for the, the juggler early on so I don't know I, I think I think it's bad news for them um, if even mm-hmm. if he is back and they can't play 90 I think they arguably have the best fixtures out of the teams that mm-hmm. are left yeah in that area but like you say it's whether they'll have it or not um yeah i mean listen they've scraped it for how many seasons now i would not be surprised yeah i think i called it last week didn't i, I think they, they survived on the last day of the season by scoring a 3-2 right. win on the 83rd minute or something so it's not like this should be a shock for for, for evertonians at least um but the other team that's arguably just as shit um and um, pretty much um, managed to gain a point with uh, Leeds against Newcastle at the weekend. Um, Colin, did you manage to get to see that? That, that was always going to be goals in it, though, wasn't it? Absolutely. Leeds, um, they've not like they've not been prolific, but they always do. They, they always are a very positive team, and it's just it's not really worked out for them this season. Um, but Newcastle, like, really frustrated me. Like, I was just checking the Premier League form. They They've got a better away form than they do home form, but mm-hmm. as stupid as that sounds, I, they've never convinced me away from home. Um, I know it's easy to say that um, after they've just got points, but they never look as comfortable going into games like this when they should. And it's almost like they're, they're kind of reverting back to that mid-table type club, whereas mm-hmm. the actual fact you're, you're going to be the Champions League next year, you should be turning up to, to Ellen Road ready for a scrudding. Um but I think there's a wee bit of nervousness about it. Um, good game to watch, mind you. Um, really good game. Had had Everton, had um, penalties, had goals. Um, Bamford back in, we getting a goal. Um, he's one that I don't see him staying at Leeds next season if they go down. I think um, he'll do maybe a job for, I don't know, Fulham. Um, I'd like to maybe see him there. Um, but... Aye, it was a good game. Sorry, I kind of went at a tangent Johnny, what about you? Um, do you kind of back that up? I mean, the reason why I'm asking that is that I think Colin's a little bit right in that. that Newcastle have got this um, this persona about them at the moment that they should be punching so high, but actually they're not. They relied on two penalties to kind of get back into the game and take the lead at the weekend. When you've spent £60 million on a striker and you've got Callum Wilson, who's arguably in the form of his life, you shouldn't be, shouldn't be, you shouldn't be relying on penalties, should you? I mean, look, some some games go like that. Um, I mean, Leeds Leeds were excellent. I thought they were they played really well, and they should have won that game. Uh, you had a missed penalty. Uh, Banford had a, a cracking chance at the end by a header. Mm-hmm. 
uh, it was it was a mad game. The, the penalties, I don't know if he's watched the game, the penalties that were conceded were absolute chaos. Mm-hmm. You had Fir- Firpo, sorry, trying to be one of the globetrotters. You had <laughs> Wobber, who just about took four sets of legs out trying to get to the ball. Yeah, but I don't know. I mean, look, Newcastle have done well. They've mm-hmm. done well. And, yeah, they've spent a lot of money on a striker. But when you look at the other players they brought in, you know, like uh, your burn, uh, these kind of guys who you would probably would have said were journeymen. Mm-hmm. And now they're playing at pretty much the highest level. I think they've done well for what they've spent. Um, I don't think they're going to blow teams out of the water every week. I think that's going to happen erratically until they keep improving, basically, with personnel. What what do Leeds need Johnny to, to, to stay within this? We just spoke about Everton and, you know, the thought process is probably going to be between Leeds and Everton, in my opinion, of who goes down. What do they need to do that Everton can't or can? A fucking miracle, mate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, uh, they've got they've got West Ham away, and yeah. again go back to West Ham where uh, they're invested in Europe. That they could well be down in tools and be heavily rotated. Spurs at home's the last game. Again, Spurs are not much better at the moment. Mm-hmm. So, and there is a chance they might they might. Collins, you think? Do you think one of these two teams that we just mentioned? Do you think they get enough points, or do you just think? It depends on who's worse. Aye, it's going to be the battle of the shittest. It <laughs> yeah, really is. And, um, <laughs> as mental as it sounds. Uh, it's like it's like who could who could finish minus ten goal difference on the least. <laughs> aye, like um, Everton, Wales and Bournemouth aren't they playing uh, for it? Um, but I, I don't see. I think Everton need to go and work for that. I don't see them mm. being positive enough. Weirdly enough, I see Leeds against. Um, Spurs is probably the best chance at home. The last game of the season, we know, yeah. we know, like it's quite an iconic home support. The Leeds United fans, um, they, they do, like they, they have done well um, in kind of bringing the passion back. Spurs are just, I mean, I'm pretty sure we're going to come on and have a good old chuckle about them. So I won't spoil the, that, but. I don't know, in t- any top ten team you're going to get, you're going to take them right now. Um, Aye, so it'll be interesting to see. Can I just go on record and say uh, I've just realised my mistake. Patrick Bamford didn't score, um, and I've just said they did. So <laughs> that's why I'm just a. That's why I'm a sub for this pod. Apologies. You were close. You should have. So. Aye, you should have. On my point stands, I thought he played quite well. Um, I think no, counted as a shot on target. <laughs> <laughs> and that does bring us. I, I did have you marked the, the next game of Villa and Spurs, um, and. Uh, I remember looking at this, and uh, John, you'll back me. That we call Villa on this. We Villa were always going to win this, in my opinion. You know, Spurs were the the away form has been absolutely honking. Um, so it was no surprise to see that Villa won. The only surprise was probably that um, Watkins didn't get in on the goals. Um, they came from other means, um, and what a winner as well! That that free kick from David Luiz. That was that was outstanding, wasn't it, Colin? Beautiful goal, absolute belter, honestly, and. Uh, again, I don't know if it's um, the, the cursed English manager up against doing an Emery, but he just he, he puts them to the sword, man. Um, he really, really does. And there, you're talking about Spurs away from home. Villa have been impressive um, at home um, mm-hmm. since since he came in. Um, done really, really well. They, I, I don't think there was ever any danger that they, that they looked. Um, 
yeah, maybe the last couple of minutes when Spurs get one back, but they look comfortable through the game, um, and it's aye. Um, there was there was that talk, wasn't it, that they just went two games without scoring a goal, and they'd had that statistic that Unai Emery's team had scored a goal in every game so far, and it's kind of like they just stopped that rut a little bit, didn't they, and just kind of stuck two fingers back up to the the people that were calling them out and got it over the line. We, we 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 speak so much about the praise for Emery, and I don't think we can, I don't think we can understate it. But mm-hmm. even the mentality and the change in the attitude for the Villa team, they actually turn up to these games looking so comfortable in what they're doing, and they don't. It's not Spurs are coming. We need to raise our game, or even against some of the other bigger teams as well. They're very comfortable in what their setup is, the level of ability as well. Um, it's a joy you watch right now. Johnny, I know you've got a little man crush on We Meatball. How, how impressed have you been with them this season? Yeah, I love John. He's he, just a very good player, mate. Mm-hmm. You know, and we were watching him up here, you could tell straight away that you know he was playing at a level way below where he should be. But yeah, he seems to have settled, I think, under... There was a wee period of time where he wasn't getting a game. Mm-hmm. He was dropped for a wee bit. Um, but under Emery, he just seems to be a different level. You could say that about a lot of them. Um, I think they've been excellent. I like the lad, Jacob Ramsey. I think he's a tidy player. Um, I think he's got, you know, I think he'll do well. Probably needs to stay there a wee bit longer. But, yeah, I, I agree. I fancied Villa from the off with that game. Spurs just aren't at it at all. Uh, I don't know what's going on there, but it just seems to be at the minute about a circus. Quick question. Do you think that was a penalty for Kane? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. No, I think, listen, they always find a goal, mm-hmm. I suppose, and it's usually a penalty or mm-hmm. it's always against the run. Um, it was the same because I mean that game should have been dead at half time. Yeah. Villa should have been out of sight. But uh, Kane's clever. You you seen it in slow mo. The the keeper Martinez he commits, and as he's committing, Kane already knows what he's doing. His legs are up and he's ready to go over the stage, contact even it. happens. <laughs> but it kind of gives the referee no a conundrum because yeah. yeah he's played on the dive, but Martinez was going to clatter him so. You know what I mean? It's I don't like it. It's not a penalty I like to see, but mm-hmm. I can see why. And and Colin, so um, we we kind of we kind of spoke about Spurs a little bit there, and um, I don't know if you've seen, but the 
the the news over the last few days was that apparently they're no longer continuing talks with Julian Nagelsmann. Now, the the Nagelsmann one was really there because um, he's probably the biggest name available right now, or potentially available right now. It seems a bit crazy that they're pulling away from so many deals, and I, I don't just mean Nagelsmann, but there's there's a few managers now that have distanced themselves. I think the last one was uh, was the the previous Spanish manager was it Jose Enrique. These are big names. There's something something doesn't sound right there, does it? I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna just copy and paste the <laughs> snippets I've been speaking about Spurs and Chelsea in terms of the manager pursuit for the last few shows. No elite manager in the right mind is gonna go for um is gonna take a gamble on Spurs and Chelsea right now. Why would you? Um for Spurs at if you're gonna to have to work with Daniel Levy who has this idea of Spurs where he doesn't really want to back it up with the investment in the right infrastructure, you're setting yourself up for a fall. I mean, Conte, you seen that early on. I mean, what happened with Conte doesn't make him a bad manager. I just don't think he was he was right for Spurs. Um, the, the narrative that is Spurs stopping talks with Nagelsmann, I think that's just them to a safe face. And mm-hmm. they, you know, they're getting that out to the media early. Um, so it's maybe making them look a wee bit more appealing for who they do go for. We said time and time again, I think Graham keeps on barking on about Brendan Rogers going there. I think they will work their way down the list and end up with someone like Brendan Rogers. Um but no, I'm not surprised. Nagelsmann, he can work in the most top jobs in Europe by sale. Yeah. Johnny, it's and, and this is my I love this comment is that Ryan Mason before the match, after the Nagelsmann use hits, Ryan Mason declared and put his hat in the ring and said, "You know, I've done a, I've done a couple of stints as as a deputy. Now's my time." And then goes and loses two one to Aston Villa. Not really the headline you want, is it? I feel I feel a bit sorry for the lad. I do. It's a bit like Lampard with Chelsea. Um, they're both tied to the club. They both love the clubs. So when these, you know, when they get an offer or asked by whoever to to step in and be a caretaker, they're going to bite your hand off. When it's going to do them absolutely no favours, all it does is tarnish their own records. Mm-hmm. Um, and going back to what you had said about the way they're, they're dealing with trying to get a new manager, I think uh, Luke Conte is a winner. Mourinho is a winner. You, you can't keep scalping managers without seeing there's some kind of red flag that goes a wee bit higher. Uh, I know a few guys that follow Spurs religiously and they're positively fed up with, with Levy and how he deals with things. Um, obviously, we don't know everything. And we, you know what I mean? We're going by gossip, but yeah, I don't think they deal with it very well. I think they're going to end up with, as you said, working down the line, I think they're going to end up quite far down that line. Well, they pretty much did that last season, though, didn't they? They ended up with the was it the fourth choice, which was Nuno Espirito, and that didn't work out. And they, he was sacked yeah. after about four weeks. So there's obviously something in terms of the way the recruitment. I, I, I'm not buying the line that um, it's because the sporting director is not in place yet. I mean, that makes no sense at all. I mean, I get you'd be looking to bring in a sporting director, but the money that these managers are going to be paid for playing for a Premier League team. These things shouldn't be an issue. Yeah, they're going. I know you're not. So, um, I do believe there's 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 still a few more twists in this one going before we go ahead. Jamie, a, a name I've been I've seen been bandied about, and I don't know if you've seen if it's been um, 
like distance or no, but Vincent Company, which is promotion by Burnley, he carries that big, big heavyweight name in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. Um, is he potentially some some? He's just signed a new contract with Burnley. Never mind. <laughs> Sorry, he literally, <laughs> literally last week he committed, he committed a new contract to Burnley. Um, I think Burnley that's a good so, thing. That's brilliant for Burnley. I think. Uh, yeah. And him, I think if he jumps to like a Spurs, again, we've you've said Colin that it's a trap <laughs> at the minute. I yeah. don't think you know it's not going to progress his career any. Yeah, I think yeah. another season at Burnley is a good shot. The the one. And it's probably the one I, I've I've heard a rumor or I've seen a rumor and when I looked at it, I'm like, Do you know what? That actually makes sense. I just don't believe they can pull it off. And it's the Thomas Frank from Brentford Brentford. Mm-hmm. You know, he's obviously he's been doing absolutely brilliant. I know Graham has spoken on here a couple of times and he's he's championed uh, Thomas Frank the job he's doing down there. It's that kind of manager that they probably need. Um, whether they get, whether they can prize him away from Brentford, I don't know. But that was one name that came out um, in some of the reports I've seen. I do believe that's the probably the kind of type of name that they're going to need. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, that always leads us into a good chuckle. Um, um, sorry, not chuckle. I mean Chelsea. Um, they <laughs> were at home. They were at home um, against Nottingham Forest. Forest fighting for the lives right now. Um, they managed to get a couple of points on the board and they go and prove everybody wrong and get another point to get at the weekend. Uh, a thoroughly entertaining 2-2. Johnny, I'm going to come to you for the for the simple fact that I know you're a big follower of Chelsea and uh, I know you weren't convinced pre-match when we were talking about Patna Koupnon. You were very no. much um, not touching Chelsea because you don't know what kind of Chelsea are going to turn up. Again, he made a lot of changes, didn't he? Yeah, I think he made a lot of needless changes. Um, they were better, obviously, the week before. I mean, changing the keeper just seemed like it was, there was no no reason to do it. I mean, I know Kepa can be a bit hit and a miss, but so can Mendy. And he's been a fantastic shortstopper in recent games. It could have been a lot worse for him in a lot of those games if it wasn't for Kepa. And he changed that. And Mendy, he flapped for the opener. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean... They're just depressing at the minute, mate. They're just so poor. No, no confidence in them whatsoever. Even with that one, I'd say to you that I just had a feeling something was going to go wrong. Uh, and it absolutely did. Uh, I don't know. I mean, we've seen this week, hopefully the manager thing's been sorted out. But, yeah, right now they're a mess. But taking nothing away for Forrest, um, they, they, were, they were good. Mm-hmm. Uh, they played well. Colin, just in case you haven't seen it, it looks as though Maurizio Pochettino has been sworn in at Chelsea and looks as though he's going to be signing um, a three-year contract um, starting from next season. So that looks all but confirmed. Is he the right kind of manager for them, do you think? Um, Again, back to back to my point. In that I, I don't want people to think I've got it in for Chelsea and Spurs <laughs> we have been speaking to them, but you know, it's probably a realistic level of what they should be going for. Um, Pochettino, I know he's maybe struggled since leaving Spurs, but I still think he's he's a really good coach. Um, I think um, he probably does struggle with the dynamics of being at a big club and the politics of what players you bring in and uh, you leave out or whatever. Um, so I don't really know um, how he'll, he'll cope in the summer if um, he asks for, I don't know, I don't know if he has to go and sign uh, Mitrovic or whatever, and I don't mm-hmm. know, Andy Carroll turns up or whatever. You know what I mean? It's the, I think a lot of the signs will be made for him. Mm-hmm. Um, what I do think he is, I think he can get 
you know, I think he can get a philosophy across quite well. Um, which at the very least, I think, will, will give Chelsea a wee bit of stability in the next season if it is. And we're probably talking about where this group of players, at the very least, getting them back in the European competition. I do think a lot of people are putting their nose up at Pochettino and I think it's maybe a wee bit unfair. Yeah, I, think... I agree. Sorry, mate. No, no, it's okay. I was going to say that, you know, if you think about where Pochettino has been successful, he's been successful at lower clubs where he's got a tuna of players and excelled them he's not going to have the opportunity to be involved in transfer talks in my opinion when it comes to Chelsea so actually he's going to be more day-to-day on the pit, on the training pitch with the players actually getting back to doing what he probably does really good so I'm, I'm, I think they'll do I think he'll do all right there um, but again it's another project do you know what I mean you can't just swear Pochettino in and think he's going to get it right within three months um, you know they've got to back him they've got to you know even when they do have the odd slip up every now and again and I think that's going to be a challenge for because if the Chelsea fans turn we've seen that already Potter John the one question I had for you is that um, it's one, one thing that's been evident with Chelsea is that they're missing a striker and the one name that's been banded about the moment that manager gets announced is Harry Kane yeah, think, be, think, think it goes there I think I was discussing this recently I think in terms of Hurricane, it's a bit like Declan Rice. The price tag is going to outprice 90%, you know, the world football, really. So unless he was going to go to the Middle East, if he was staying close by the only team in the U- uh, sorry, in England that are mad enough to actually go and try that is Chelsea <laughs> or Todd Bowley because he's just having yeah. a party at the minute. He's just throwing money. Um and what you said about Poch coming in, I think you're right. I think there's people who are going to do all the signings. But I genuinely believe that there is a, a set of quality players in there. There's some of the, the mm-hmm. most sought-after you know, young players in Europe. Um, so I think he could do a really good job. I think he could do a really good job. But yeah, as a striker, I, I, they really need one, definitely. I don't think Havertz is, is strong enough for the, the Premier League. I think he gets brushed off far too easily. Um, but it needs to be done correct. We've seen what happened with Lukaku. That was an absolute face plant. They can't afford to do that again. I mean, they're basically he, he, paying he for to come back as well, isn't he? Yeah. I mean, maybe maybe with a new manager, maybe that'll get rectified. I don't know. But that was a massive letdown. But I, I, I don't <clears> see Kane moving, to be honest with you. I think Kane stands where he is. Yeah. I think, see, with Pochettino coming in, I, I think Chelsea need to, I mean, if, they, if he does come in, I think Chelsea need to maybe move away from this star name striker like this, you know, just spending money and hoping that yeah. £80 million pound is just what it fixes it and maybe start to actually build a squad. They've, they do have the makings of a good squad there, just need to be used right. I think a really recent um, example is probably Man U, where they were just right, okay, maybe we spend X amount on Pogba, that'll fix everything, but no, you actually need to build a squad. I, I think the worst thing they can do is actually go and try and um, just put all the eggs in a, a number nine basket. You look at the Man City up until Haaland came in, they were... There is ways you can play without a number nine, and mm-hmm. you know what I mean. It's I think it'd be really, really silly to just go for a you know like a Harry Kane-esque player. Yeah, they've got. I mean, you look at the strikers' options now. They've got they've got Sterling, Mudrick, Havertz, um, 
you know, they've got plenty of attacking midfielders that can play a false nine. They probably still are a number nine away from actually doing something decent though with the squad. Um, but I'm with you guys. I, I don't see it being Harry Kane as the fix. I think they need to go for it. See if they could get Harry Kane 10 years ago. See that Harry Kane that was coming back from Norwich on loan and kind of started to light the, the Premier League up a bit. That's the kind of striker that they need. You know, young, energetic, not a, not a stalwart name. Um, and, and, and just blows them away because of obviously the rest of the team around them. Um, but we can't we can't obviously pass on um, the fact that Nottingham Forest did good. Um, they you know a couple of weeks ago they were dead and buried in some people's opinions because of the way they were free falling, but they've kind of turned it around a little bit, Johnny, haven't they? Yeah, mate. The the, the recent results have been really good. Um, they have, I think they finished against well, who the, is it Arsenal and Palace, I think, mm. is the is the last two games. Um, much better. I like the lad, the big lad who won you. Um, seeing him at the back end of last season in the championship and he was dynamite. Um, mm-hmm. I think uh, the young, the lad Johnson, Brennan Johnson, gets a lot of the plaudits, but I think Iwanyi is one for the future. Uh, he terrorised them. Uh, but I mean, Chelsea were their own downfall as well. I think they kind of invited them back into the game. But no, I think I think they'll be safe. They've done well. Um, yeah, I, I don't think they'll be one of the ones to go down. Colin and Steve Cooper, he's he's been sacked about four times this season and still comes up smelling the roses. And he's he's probably going to get arguably his best result from a managerial you know performance in terms of keeping keeping Forest up after having what was it twenty six due signings? That's absolutely crazy, isn't it? You know, go back to the transfer window. You're like, that's fucking twenty six new players. What in the absolute fuck? I know, I know. Um, and again, we keep on talking about stability. I think um, there's a lot of, you know, <laughs> I think there's a lot of money spent in the Nottingham Forest, but I think they just need to, in the Nottingham Forest squad, so they, they probably just need to add a few first team signings to just, I bring fucking MD and anybody and everybody. And um, incidentally, I don't think staying up is going to take Steve Cooper out of the firing line. I think if I'm not in the forest, I probably would be looking at who do we move on and try and get, take, take them to the next level. Um, aye, I'm surprised that they didn't pull the trigger a wee bit, a wee bit earlier, but I think... Good to see, though. Aye, good to see. I, I, absolutely, and I don't want to be advocating that uh, people lose their jobs because I'll moan all the time about how quickly they do it, but I'm with Johnny. I think um, the probably got to do enough to stay up but I wouldn't I hope for Nottingham Forest State they don't rest in the laurels and they probably try and do moves move Steve Cooper on. Um there was uh there was a couple of in my opinion a couple of dead games in the in the group in, in the weekend just more that nothing left to play for kind of seeing the week out um and Crystal Palace and um Bournemouth Crystal Palace have had a bit of form recently and so have some of the players and we've talked about them quite a lot. But news today is that um, Roy Hodgson is in talks to extend his stay um, with with Crystal Palace. Now, my question is probably more of, I completely understand why that's now a thing, because obviously how well he's got them. But you go back to his age. I mean, he's going to be 76 before the end of the year, going into the next season, going into 77. Are Palace in danger of doing what they did last time, which was get rid of Roy Hodgson, bring in a project, the project doesn't work out, and then they go back to Roy Hodgson again. 
is it, it's like it's like the never-ending cycle, isn't it, with Palace Column? Aye, and I, I think um, Ollie, as in this pod, said uh, it was surprising at the time that they got rid of Vincent Company because he got the, no Vincent Company, beg your pardon, Patrick Vieira, um, because he got through the, no got through, obviously he was a poor girl in a form, but he played against the hardest the, yeah. the hardest teams and he had all the teams round about him um, to see out the season. So that's when he was most likely going to get the points. And I think it's so short-sighted for Crystal Palace. Guys like Roy Hodgson, Sam Allardyce, Sean Dykes, they are good at one thing, and that is a dogfight. If you keep Roy Hodgson on for next year, you're you're setting up for a dogfight where in actual fact they need to trust in the process. And I know how wanky that sounds, but if you are going to go with a, a project, you can't half-arse it. You really do need to commit to it for... 18 months, two years. Um, so I think really short-sighted um, if they if they keep Roy Hodgson on. Johnny, what about yourself, mate? Yeah, you know, I like Roy Hodgson. Mm-hmm. I know he gets absolute pelters, but I like the man. I think there's something honest about him. Um, but I agree 100% with Colin. I think he's done fantastic. Uh, we see the difference in them. You can see that the, the potential is there. I mean, you, you, you guys touched on it last week on the pod. The, the front three stroke four is is dynamite when they get going. Um, and it was the same at the weekend, even though there wasn't much to play for. You're uh, easy, you're uh, all easy. Even Ayu has yeah. looked much better. Um, but he's no, never aged him, has he? He's never nah, aged. He's always the same. <laughs> just seems to always be there, there or thereabouts. But um, yeah, I, d- I don't think. There's any long term with Roy Hodgson. I think if they do proceed with him, I agree 100% that they'll just end up in the exact same position, probably struggling a wee bit more. So he's done the job. Thanks for your time. Enjoy your retirement. Find somebody that can progress him. Do you think Zaha stays if Hodgson stays? Because there's obviously a lot of talk about Zaha's contract's going to be up. Um, there was a rumour that they're going to offer him, they've made an offer of the best part of nearly 250 grand a week to keep him. Um, because obviously I think the Saudis have been taking a step. Is it time for him to move on or is he is he still the focal point, Johnny? I think, um, unless, I mean, you said Saudi there. I mean, they can offer obscene mm-hmm. money. Um, it would be enough, you know, it's life changing. So you couldn't hate him for doing it. And he is getting on. I think the chance to move uh, to at least a bigger club, well, I say bigger, but you know, I hate that name, but um, to move on, I think that's gone. Uh, I would probably lean towards he stays there. I think he will stay there. I think he should stay there, actually, to be honest with you. Yeah, I, I think it'd be a shame if he, if he was to move on, but I wouldn't blame him at the same time if he went to look for a Champions League match somewhere. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, and uh, Bournemouth, Colin, they, you know, they, they, they just kind of churning through, weren't they? And look, they didn't get any win at the weekend, but um, I don't think you could begrudge them for the fact that the, the run that they've been doing in the last few weeks. I know um, it, it's been really hard for them to come back uh, for the amount of public um, defamation Graham Campbell's been giving them since January. <laughs> um, it's, that's, that really would cut the skinny. Um, the hardest I'm in, but no, I, I'm really pleased to see Bournemouth, um, you know, be safe because I, I think we, I think we called out a 
maybe a couple of months ago, when they almost resigned themselves to, you know, we're very likely to go down, let's just go have a go for it. They, you know, they took the chains off, they were quite a fun team to watch, and um, I've, I hope they do that more next season. Um, the next couple of games are dead rubbers for them, they, they really are. Um, mm-hmm. It's just peering through to the next, um, to the summer. Um, I, I'd like to see Gary O'Neill stay there, and hopefully just be a wee bit more positive. I don't I don't think he's really getting a massive backing, but I think it really is going to be about how they set up and the philosophy. Um well they spent far... fifty they, they spent fifty million in the in the January window on two players. So, you know, it's not bad backing. I mean they, they don't bad, go wrong. They but... they've, they've contributed to to you know their the the comeback I feel like. Mm-hmm. But do you see them go and spend a hundred million in, in the summer? I, I don't really know. It might be around the fifty million mark again, um, which again, it's you know, it's mental money. But mm-hmm. the other teams, like Burnley, the ocean, <laughs> I, I Burnley are going to spend probably double that, for example. <laughs> Um, and uh, we've got two more games to cover then. So the next one um, was the the Man United and Wolves. Um, I'll call this a dead rubber. Some people are not calling it a dead rubber because Man United are trying to fend off the, the you know the comeback from Liverpool. I don't see it. I did, you know Man United Man United would have to drop two games in order for Liverpool to kind of get back into contention for the top four. Um, this game was probably more about whether Rashford was going to be fit or not. Johnny wanted it. Was, there was a lot of talk about Rashford and his availability um, because when he doesn't play, you're kind of unsure what kind of type of man you turn up. Tell the truth, you were sweating for your fantasy football. That was first. <laughs> the rest was second. Tom uh, was not, on my bench. He's coming on. <laughs> yeah, I mean they are they are a better team with him in it. Um, mm. It's been a wee bit off the boil last couple of games, but. I think Man United have in general. Um, uh, he's a big player for them. I mean, we know that. Uh, I thought Anthony looked really good at the weekend. I think recent form, to be fair to him, he's been, he's been excellent. I mean, I don't think he's justified whatever it was, 80, 90 million pounds, but mm. I think he's definitely improved when he first went in. Um, yeah, he started to pass a bit more, didn't he, as opposed yeah, to trying just, to take that first shot? He just looked much more confident. He ran at them non-stop. Um, and Wolves, I've never seen uh, over the weekend, Wolves recycled the ball so many times to Man United. They just kept inviting them on and on and on. Um, but it's always a chance for Liverpool. You, you, you never know. Um, and they've got, obviously, Man United have the game in hand. Um, that's the kind of... What deflates it a wee bit, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, you never know. Um, they, I mean, like you say, they might get complacent. They might uh, switch off a wee bit. But I think the fixtures are quite comfortable, if I remember right. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think they were terrible fixtures, uh, were they? Home if away, Chelsea at home, Fulham at home. So, yeah. aye, very... Uh, there's, yeah, six, there's at least six points there, isn't there? That's the thing. <laughs> I, I don't see You're six of them all against Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and and on Wolves, I suppose, I suppose really the only question, I mean, there's not much we can say much more about Wolves, Colin, that we haven't already said. I think the biggest question is whether or not the manager's still going to be there come the next season. Uh, I think so. Um, I, I don't really see where where he goes to. I I do think um, he's maybe in line for one of the 
so-called bigger clubs um, midway through next season if somebody gets a sack. Like, I don't know. I don't know when Spurs look for the fourth manager of the year. Like if <laughs> Wills are doing well, um, they might look there. But I, I think he's probably got his level at Wills now, and um, I, I do like him, Big Jules. Um, I think he will. I'd like to see what he can start to build at Wills. Um, I'll be a bit more, but I don't really see where you know who's looking for a manager who are probably like got bigger resources and are a bigger mm-hmm. club than Wills right now. Um, which are who are within his reach. Um, and uh, the the last game to cover um, was Brentford and West Ham. Um, going into the weekend, didn't have much hope for West Ham purely on the basis that I think David Moyes had already said that he was going to make abundance of changes. Come the fact that they've got this European semi Europa League semi final either side of the game. Um, Johnny, you obviously watched the game and the highlights. Anything that stand out for you was it was it same as or um, were you surprised with 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 how well Brentford were? Uh, no, no, mate. Um, like you said, uh, I didn't expect West Ham to offer much. Uh, they'll be fully invested for the coming game. Uh, they're safe in the table, so yeah, it was it was kind of as expected. But I mean, Brentford done well. To be fair mm-hmm. to them, I like uh, the lad uh, in Bueno. He played well. Had a good game and Brentford should have scored more. They had a hell of a lot of chances, but yeah, I think West Ham are quite happy. They're quite happily right off what's left if they can progress in Europe. It's my calling. I, I remember a couple of weeks ago. Remember when West Ham were were facing the chop? Or there was people talking about whether they were going to go down, and there was a poll put out, and it was uh, if you could win the Europa League, but you went down, would that would would you take it, or would you take surviving in the Premier League and you know, come and run her up in the Europa League. And the 80% of fans said they would get relegated and take that cut win. I f- Absolutely. find that, I don't know whether I'm fine with that or whether I find that a shock. I, I don't know. Uh, coming uh, for a man who spent his formative years watching third division football, maybe I'm, <laughs> uh, maybe I'm trying to big up the, the lower league football. Um, it's, I, I was quite... I was quite pleased to hear that, uh, fancying that. And it's very easy for me to say when it's not my club in question. Um, but I, I think there's too much on the English Premier League focusing on getting top 10 as mm-hmm. like a historic season. No, big silver things at the end of the season are what's important. European trophies, whatever one it is, whether it's a Conference League, Europa League, Champions no. It's historic, right? For a team like West Ham, you're um, absolutely biblical. Um, whereas, you know, I, I always tease Graham about Harry Kane. Harry Kane for me will be a pub crush question because he's no go to the silver things. Whereas, uh-huh. yeah, so I can understand the fans thinking in that rationale, and I think it's probably quite healthy. And for you, Johnny, what about you? You know, you come from, you you followed not necessarily a team that are always in the trophies each year, but would would you be would you be happy with a bit of silverware, or would you prefer to stay in the Premier League? Oh, that's a tough question. I, I think for West Ham, from their point of view, I think uh, that's a tough one. It is a tough one, especially in the English Premier League, because I think if you forfeit for a trophy and you go down, 
like I said earlier, it is a hell of a leap to come back out. Of. So yeah. you can hold your trophy for a year, but you still might be stuck in there for another four. For ten. So yeah. I'm not sure that I agree. You know, I mean, I can see. Listen, it's it's lovely, and everybody likes winning things. Your club wins something. It's 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 awesome, but it's it's not eternal. It's it's short lived. Um, and also the money it would cost you to go down. So yeah, if I was being practical, I'd say no. But if I was a fan, I'd probably say yes. Cool. Um, I'm pretty much in the same camp. I mean, as I said, it's going down to the championship. I think would be scary because it's. I, I think Burnley locked out this year. It's very rare that they go straight down and come straight back up at the first attempt. And I think Burnley got really lucky with some of the signings because um, a lot of teams don't come straight back up. Um, and I think that would be my only fear. If we went down, how long would it take us to get back? just for that bit of silverware, but from a fan perspective, that day out in the sun, get this bit of silver. So, yeah, it's a bit of a tricky one, but um, it did shock me that it was so high on, um, you know, we'll accept relegation points, shall we say. Um, but that's that's all the games covered for this week. Thanks, guys. Um, as ever, I said, uh, you know, the biggest things come out was uh, obviously Arsenal looked to have thrown the towel in um, and we've got um, uh, all but confirmed um, relegation fodder in, in the mech. Um, we've got obviously a few games coming up. Um, I think there's a there's a game on Thursday night, which is Newcastle and Brighton, which is the game in hand, which will be which will be an interesting watch. But I don't know if you have looked any further into the weekend. Um, any games that stand out for you? That I think the most obvious one is going to be Man City Chelsea. Can only really see that going one way because it's because uh, it's at City. Um, any anything stand out for you guys? Can I just say on the Man City Chelsea, I do I do feel that that will be a humiliation, um, <laughs> and it's just the way Man City are going now. And I know they're going to be off the back of the game for Madrid, but but either way, they've just wrote they're so strong, and I don't think they have to be at their absolute best to just take the piss out of Chelsea the way they're going now under under Lampard. Um, I think that is one to watch, but. Um, I'll be honest, I've not really looked at the fixtures because I spat the dummy out because Chelsea put me out the last man standing this week. <laughs> Johnny, you made it through, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I made it through I'm as still well. Going. Still going. <laughs> still going. Going to get wrapped up before the end of the season. Yeah, yeah. Um, right, cool, guys. Listen, thank you very much for listening. Um, it's always good to kind of run through uh, the weekend's fixtures. Um, uh, Colin, thank you very much for, for coming along and contributing. Um Enjoyable for you? Always enjoyable. Talking to you boys about the uh, the greatest league in the world. Um, thanks very much for having me on and thank you to the listeners for listening. Johnny, as a debut, you enjoyed it? I have, mate, yeah. Absolutely nerve-wracking at first, but once that passed, absolutely fine. Once you put the toilet uh, roll in the fridge. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I'm going to take away all the cardigans that I've knitted. <laughs> well listen guys it's been a pleasure and uh, we'll look forward to getting you back next week hopefully Mason should be back on so you don't have to listen to me so much but uh, until next time guys thank you very much appreciate it <laughs>
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.